Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, we officially have no more college football games, but that doesn't mean that we have no more college football to talk about. Welcome, everybody, to Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network, along with ESPN's Ryan Leaf. My name is Jonathan Rifkin. Happy to be along with you for another edition of Believe in the Pac-12 on the Podcast Network. Ryan, the Senior Bowl just happened. A lot of Pac-12 show out. The Pac-12 itself as a conference may have not had the best season because they couldn't get a team into the college football playoff. Thank you, Arizona State, for that. But I guess you could thank Oregon, too, because they knocked out Utah, who had a shot at the, at it's the a college self, football It's a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Pac-12, okay? As you said, the motif conference of cannibalism, but that doesn't mean that they don't have some of the best talent uh, in the nation. The Senior Bowl showed some of that talent uh, and you know a lot better than anybody what it takes as a college athlete, the intangibles, the skills, the mental fortitude it takes to get to the next level. What did you see out of these Pac-12 players? Some of these Pac-12 players, you can touch on all of them, a few of them, out of this senior bowl. And who do you think may have helped their, their draft stock the most? Well, I, I think that, uh, that Justin Herbert just solidified his, right? He solidified that he was a, a top 15 pick. In fact, he may have solidified himself in a position where now teams that – thought they may be looking into him around 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, something like that. Now they're going to have to look at maybe possibly putting in some effort to trade up and get him, or he's going to be gone. Uh, he's a guy that was already in, 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 in a high class in terms of where he was as a draft pick. He went down. He showed up every single day. He was practice player of the week, first of all. Uh, then he was player of the game in a losing effort and everybody got to see that the guy's willing to work the guy has leadership qualities I think there was a a skepticism around him being an introvert and not somebody who was actually uh, willing to confront others be critical um, but be a leader you know in a day and age where they're rarely in the huddle anymore uh, in college football and you're never under center you never look your teammates in the eyes anymore when you're in the huddle and they get to know you as a leader like that. You get the place from the sideline. It's important that in a moment like this, where the NFL is still about huddling up to the football, showing them your eyes, showing them you're capable of being the leader you need to be, that he started doing this. He hadn't been in uh, under center since he was like a sophomore in high school. So for me, that's that was big. This week was big for him, and I think it solidified himself uh, as a very, very high draft pick, and it may have improved it even more. You, you mentioned the idea, and I, I want to go back to uh, the rest of what you were saying here in just a moment, but you mentioned the idea of, of Justin Herbert being an introvert. Um, that's sort of the, the national narrative on this guy, the knock on Justin Herbert, always a Eugene kid. He's never been out of Oregon before. What if he goes to a place like Cincinnati or Miami, far away from home? Well, those are all true, though. <laughs> right, well, of course. But, but do you think that social media plays a part in how we see these athletes, these, quote, leaders? Because Justin Herbert is not active on Twitter. He just created his Instagram last week. All the Duck fans thought it was a fake. And you see other, 
you know, someone like Jalen Hurts, he's very active on social media. You see somebody like Keaton Slovis, he's active on social media. The guys that are perceived leaders on their team, the 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 national eye or the national perspective changes because the national audience can actually see their leadership through the forms of social media. We don't see that with Justin Herbert. Do you think that social media sort of changes that perception of how we see a leader in this sport? Yes, it, it, it does. It allows you into what you think. But, but none of that's real. Right. You know, right. what you see on Instagram from anybody is not real, okay? I, I believe there probably are some people out there trying to be as transparent and vulnerable, you know? I had to look back at mine recently and see when's the last time I really put something on there that when I was struggling. Because guess what? People struggle every single day, and we try to. Um, I try to use the most I can for my, my social media in in the things that I went through to be better, um, and I try to give everybody the most transparent version of it, but most likely you're not. So that's the saddest part about all of this is that a young man who wants to live privately and just play football is kind of being uh, punished uh, at the next level for not <laughs> being as public and right. maybe as – as uh, outspoken as some of his peers. And that's why I think the Senior Bowl was so important for him to show up, be the leader that he can be. And and I think, and I've been saying it for a long time, I think he's going to be the second guy off the board. And I wanted to see him go and show up and and make the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals coaches who coached him this week maybe have second thoughts about who they're going to take at quarterback. They didn't get to work out. They didn't get to see Joe Burrow in action. Now, of course, they're going to get to, right? The, the combine's going to be one. Uh, they're probably going to do private workouts. Um, but there's there's little that you can see from what Joe Burrow did this year that he won't be the number one guy. But I think with this performance, what he's going to do at the combine, uh, I really do think that, that Justin Herbert may have leapfrogged uh, Tua Tungavaloa as the number two guy in this year's draft. All right, so let's go do this really quickly. Who drafts Justin Herbert, but who's the best team for Justin Herbert? Well, I don't, I'd have to take a, a harder look at where the best team for Justin Herbert is. I still think it would be a place where he could sit and learn. I love the Chargers coming back and giving Phillip Rivers a, a one-year deal and Justin Herbert learning under him at number six. Um I wouldn't mind uh, the Miami Dolphins keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick and bringing in Justin Herbert. But you have Josh Rosen there, and the Miami fan base is going to be the guy that – because Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to give you unbelievable games, Fitzmatrick, Fitzmagic, right. and then awful <laughs> games, and you're going to be clamoring for Justin Herbert to get in. So I want a place where you have a guy who's established, but you never know how it's going to be. You know, Even with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning last year, right? It's, you want the young guy to play. I'd like to find a place for him to really sit and learn for a full year. I really, really would. And I don't know if that can happen in this day and age. That may be just a pipe dream for me. Um, but I think the Chargers could be a place. Um, you know, maybe Detroit. Maybe Detroit. Matt, Matt Stafford. They keep Matt Stafford for another year. Work through it. Allow him to, to redshirt and be that part. Um, you know, Detroit's a place that's never been to a Super Bowl. San Diego's been a place, only been to one Super Bowl. You know, I don't want to also pigeonhole him in a situation where uh, I put him in a place where nothing good's ever happened right. either. You know, <laughs> maybe New England, right? New England finds a way to draft uh, draft up somehow and get get him earlier. Uh, who knows? You know, I, there's so many options. I think whoever gets him, I think he's going to be the coffee bean in all this, where he gets dropped into the water and he changes the environment. He doesn't have to go into a place and 
change to their environment, I think, because that's what kind of leader and quarterback I think he's going to be. Yeah, my dark horse for this whole thing is Tampa Bay. I think that if you get Bruce Arians as your head coach, they franchise tag Jameis Winston for a season because we know how that story went last year. You let Winston play next season, allow Herbert to develop behind Winston, and have the quarterback whisper in Bruce Arians help Herbert. And then you you have Herbert and you have Mike Evans <laughs> in the 2021 season. That, to me, that would be a dream come true. Um, and I'm sure Bucks fans would like that too. But um, enough of that. Let's move forward here with some of the other Pac-12 performers that played in the Senior Bowl. Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. He was the North running back player of the week during the practices. Didn't get a ton of national attention because of how UCLA season went. Um, but he has the intangibles to make a real NFL running back. He definitely does. He's He could be on the on the field for all three downs. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He did tremendous things for Chip Kelly. I'm sure Chip Kelly wished he would have utilized him a little bit more. There were some injuries that played into it. But in their biggest wins, which there were few and far between, Joshua Kelly was the guy, right? And don't forget, he transferred from UC Davis, got the job, and played lights out, I felt like, the last two years. Didn't get an invite until Zach Moss got hurt and couldn't come to the Senior Bowl. Got the invite, was all smiles through the phone, uh, Jim Nagy. Uh, executive senior executive director told us he was all smiles smiled all week long did his job really made I think uh, a point to uh, every person that could influence his furthering as a football player came away really impressed with Joshua Kelly Uh, and uh, I I think he could be one of the one of the first running backs considered out of the Pac-12 Eno Benjamin's going to meet another guy who didn't get to perform in the senior bowl but will at the combine but Joshua Kelly really did himself uh, a service by participating and participating well this week. Yeah, he had 15 carries, which is actually a lot for the Senior Bowl for 105 yards. Made the most of them. He had two rushes of 18 and 29 yards apiece in the first half. Somebody that I also agree with really boosted his, his stock. It's going to be interesting. I think that the Pac-12 is going to be well re- represented through the first three or four rounds in the NFL draft. And I don't think a lot of people realize that who haven't been paying attention to this conference um, and when you watch the Senior Bowl, that is totally indicative. And somebody that has to be talked about as broadly and not. I mean, the edge rusher for Utah, he was incredible during the season. Um, and he was just he just perpetuated that idea in the Senior Bowl. And I think that he has a chance. Obviously, there are um, some pretty incredible edge rushers going into the draft. But Anai has to solidify himself as maybe a top three or four. Uh, yeah. I mean, we all had we all had a pretty good idea of of what we thought of Bradley and I when the season started, right? And then his dominance throughout the year. But I was a little hesitant with the final two games of the season, right? The loss to Oregon, and then just the, the absolute destruction by Texas, you know. And they almost disappeared in both those games. That whole defense almost disappeared in both those games, in particular in I. So I wanted to see him up against you know pro type talent, and he didn't disappoint at all. You know, he got to the quarterback. He I think he even got to Jalen Hurts and may have injured him uh, on an interception that played out there too. So um, he's a guy that, that really needed a good week of practice and then perform well in the game. He did exactly that. Uh, I expect him to be a, a guy that, if not in the first round, maybe something early in the second uh, to a team that, that needs to solidify their defensive front, a guy that can rush the passer. But if need be, his athleticism and his talent allows him to drop back and cover uh, those backs in the flat if need be so he could be a really good 3-4 uh, linebacker if need be. Yeah, I mean, when you go online and you sort of look at who boosted their draft stock, everybody's talking about the Pac-12 guys. They're talking about Anai, they're talking about Kelly, they're talking about Herbert. It's because no one gets to see him. Right. 
And I think that that brings up the conversation where you and I talked about last week, well, there's 45 nationally televised games in the next season. Maybe people need to start paying a little bit of attention to the Pac-12 because this conference produces some of the most exciting, some of the best talents in the nation. How does somebody justify, and, and maybe this is harder or different for us because you and I cover the conference um, and you, you have a lot more sources that are, are knowledgeable and actually directed directly affiliated with these programs. But how do we, and we I'm saying in general, get people to pay attention to the Pac-12 for the talent, not because, unfortunately, there may be a team in the conference that will be representing the college football playoff? It's hard. You know, uh, resources uh, are not the same because of the Pac-12 networks um, in terms of what the SEC network, ACC network, and, and Longhorn network, things like that. Um, generate and the fact that the, for the third consecutive year the Pac-12 was out of the conversation for the college football playoff it it, it does them no good um, there's no benefits to that right though both Utah and Oregon were in the mix coming down the stretch so they had every opportunity to be in that conversation they just didn't get it done now to me that says the conference is very competitive and uh, you're talking about an Oregon team that ultimately lost two games all year uh, you know a, a a November game, late November game to Arizona State on the road, which is very difficult to do. And, and, and they ended up playing 10 conference games. And when they was all said and done, they were 9-1 and one in conference. So the Oregon Ducks has every capability. Uh, their offensive line, they, they sent, they're going to send four seniors, most likely the NFL, yep. from up front. Um, this conference is loaded with talent. It still is. It's not necessarily the same in terms of depth of talent, and that is a recruiting issue that will continue to be a problem. Um, but there are going to be players that are capable of doing it, and there's such great coaching in the Pac-12. People forget about how great the coaching is in the Pac-12, and Kyle Whittingham has done less, has done more with less than any, better than anybody else in this conference. He takes guys like Bradley and I, who were not five-star, who were not four-star, but brought them in, developed them, and made them one of the most dominant defensive players out there, and that's why he's going to be a dominant force when he gets to the NFL. You mentioned something interesting. Um... We'll get to our last topic here in a moment to wrap this thing up. But we, we had Coach Rolovich on last week, and you mentioned this idea of the coaching in the Pac-12 is so, so good. And one of the questions I wanted to ask him that I didn't get to was, and I'll preface this, the Pac-12 has amazing coaches, right? Every coach brings something unique to this conference. Chip Kelly's clout and his larger-than-presence or his larger-than-life presence. Kyle Whittingham's ability to take two and three stars and make them play like five stars. Down low, you have Herm Edwards, who has one of the best recruiting classes in Arizona State history. You have Mario Cristobal bidding an SEC-style offensive line. You have Jonathan Smith innovating at Oregon State. What do you think Coach Rolovich brings to the Pac-12 in a unique fashion that we're going to see in Washington State. Well, I think he brings that, that I guess you want to say leechism, right? I mean, he just he has that ability to um, get eyeballs, get things that Mike Leach did early on when he, got, when he got the job there, where a lot of people weren't paying attention to the football program, so they paid attention to him, right? He was on SportsCenter with his quotes and his press conferences, and all of a sudden you looked deeper and you're like, oh, the football team is actually good. And I think Rilovich could continue that. You know, he can continue making it a soundbite, making it this, that, and the other, uh, but building off that. And I think the ceiling's even higher with Nick Rolovich as the head coach because uh, of what he's been able to, what he's able to do in, in in games where he's got to compromise, where Mike Leach was unwilling to. And that may be the difference maker in not only them getting past the Huskies and winning a Pac-12 North championship, but also getting back to the Rose Bowl. 
A lot of interesting stuff going on here in the conference in the Pac-12. We'll continue to touch on it, maybe get into some recruiting as we roll on here into the offseason. Pretty crazy that the college football season now is officially ended. That doesn't mean that there aren't storylines that we won't cover. There's no such thing as a slow news day, just slow news reporters. Ryan and I are not slow news reporters. We will make sure we keep you updated with all of the action. Uh, Ryan has a place that he will be. You may have heard of it. It's called Miami. He leaves on Wednesday. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But if you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. The Super Bowl. Want to make a bet on it? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. Football not your jam? No worries. MyBookie has it all from the NBA to the Premier League. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-V, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-V, to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Play, win, get paid, MyBookie.ag. So Ryan's going to the Super Bowl on Wednesday. A lot of action uh, throughout the weekend in Miami. What are you looking forward to out of this, Ryan? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of old friends. Uh, of course, I'm a, a, the Pacific West, Pacific West coordinator for the NFL Legends community, so I will see my 23 other coordinators, and we'll be working with uh, current and former players, uh, getting them uh, transitioned not only from their playing career to the post-playing career, but to preparing the young guys for what that transition will look like. So that's what... Um, my Super Bowl experience will be a big part of. We'll get to see a lot of, you know, old teammates and friends. I think that's what's most important. Uh, you know, kick back a little bit. My wife's going to come with me. We're going to hit some parties uh, and enjoy ourselves. You know, I'm not a big fan of Miami. It's supposed to be raining a little bit. Ugh. But, uh, uh, you know, this is the biggest platform there is. I'll be spending two days on Radio Row. Our podcast network will actually have a table this year for the first time. Uh, and we'll be doing uh, a bunch of interviews, probably get some back to place on our podcast in the following weeks. But, uh, you know, looking forward to getting away a little bit uh, and, and watching the NFL football season come to a um, crowning champion when it's all said and done. So it's the 49ers versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I called Casey. I thought it was me, Casey, New England the entire year. Um, we saw what happened with the Patriots. But I mean, the, how could it be Casey in New England, buddy? Sorry, I thought it would be in New England beating Casey to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. Yes, um, I, that would have been the Super Bowl though in, in real time. Uh, anyways, so Casey makes it under the helm of Pat Mahomes. They lost Tyreek Hill for much of the year. He comes back. We know the whole story with that uh, running game has been a mess. But, well, you don't need a running game when you have Patrick Mahomes gunslinging that ball down the field to Hardman and and Watkins and Hill and Kelsey. It's unbelievable what they're doing there. Unless he's on the ground. Right. And, and and I don't know if it's going to be enough because I think the 49ers have one of the best defenses in my lifetime in the NFL. Well, uh, they're 5-15. and 15. Uh, Let's put it that way. When you have a defense this good, uh, or 15-5, and five, whatever way you want to look at it, right? So uh, 75% of the time when you walk into a game like this and have the number two defense, you're winning the game. So that's, I mean, those that's, that's significant odds right there. If you are a you know, a betting man and you look at uh, odds making and you look at numbers and, and science and stuff like that, you, you if you're going to roll with it, you're going to roll with it. The difference is, and this is a variable that I don't think we've seen come along for for 
ever, and and that's Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do since he stepped on the scene. He hasn't turned the ball over in the playoffs. Kansas City, though, has not gotten a turnover back. So in doing that and saying that and then being down by double digits in both playoff games, they still went on to score 40-plus points and win. So there isn't a deficit. There isn't a position uh, that I don't think Patrick Mahomes and this team can't get it done. I want to see – I do want to see Andy Reid win – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this defense for San Francisco and their running game and, and Jimmy Garoppolo make it make a game out of it. I hope it's a very entertaining game. At the end, I think and I hope that uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, this Kansas City Chiefs team finally does something that hasn't been done uh, in history. It's it's one of the stories I think that uh that have people conflicted because there are a lot of I mean football is, NFL specifically is interesting because you get people watching the Super Bowl. Because they they like the big game, not because they have a stake in either team. And I and I'm one of those people, right? I I I chose the Bengals as my team before LA got an NFL team because my family owned property in Cincinnati, and I'd like, all right, I have a connection to the city. Uh, that was the, one of the biggest <laughs> sports mistakes of my life. Um, but I still stick by it. But I've 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 recently developed into a I love good football. I don't care if you're the Patriots. I don't care if you're the Dolphins. It doesn't matter. You're the Jets. If you're playing good football, I'm gonna root for you. Um, for me. The, the fo- the good football comes on on different sides of the ball for both these teams, and that's what you're saying, right? The Chiefs offensively with Pat Mahomes and the 49ers with one of the greatest defenses represented by two Oregon Ducks on the defensive line who I love. I grew up watching DeForest Buckner. Uh, I went to Oregon. One of the reasons was because of DeForest Buckner. And there he is wearing number 99, um, locking down that defensive line for the 49ers. So for me, I'm conflicted. I don't know who I want to win. I think that the one-point spread is interesting. I think it's baiting people because – it's not going to win or lose. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be a, a three-point game. If one of these teams win, I think it's going to be by a touchdown or more. Um, I think the 49ers have all the ability to do it. I think that what we saw coaching-wise, wise, excuse me, um, with them running the ball so significantly in this postseason was purposeful because they didn't want to show all of their cards. Kyle Shannon had said, we have a quarterback who can throw the ball. We have wide receivers who can play make, but we're not going to use them because, number one, we don't need to. But, number two, now the Chiefs have less tape to watch when we pull out something different. And I think that, that that's what makes the 49ers scary and potentially could make them Super Bowl champions. I agree. There wasn't much film to look at with what Jimmy Garoppolo Just go back and look at the New Orleans Saints game, though, right. and, and you, you know what he can get done and what he's capable of doing. Uh, I actually think this is one of those – Patriot games uh, where it goes down to the wire and whoever maybe has the ball last actually wins this football game. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited uh, um, to see a good football game. Uh, I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see a team get out to a big lead and then lose it and and play bad football. I want to see both teams play really good football and I want one team to ultimately take it at the end of the game. February 2nd to Sunday, the Super Bowl, Chiefs 49ers, that'll cap off all of the football until the XFL begins. Are we going to do some XFL coverage, Ryan? Should we talk about it in the future? Who knows? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. That'll be a conversation <laughs> for another day. Maybe not with microphones in front of our mouths. Seems like you kind of want to, though. I saw a little head nod. Um, we'll see. I have, a, I have one question about the XFL. What professional league is it? Is it like the NBA in terms of uh, if you leave high school and go to the pros? Um over in China, you're still a draft-eligible player. What happens if you decide to leave college and you've exhausted your three years of eligibility and you went and played professionally? 
Are you still in the draft mold? Interesting. I want to know what the answer. I'm going to hopefully find that out before we start talking more about it. Because the XFL then could become a huge avenue for high draft picks. They'll ultimately make the change because if that's the case and a high draft pick such as like Trevor Lawrence goes and plays in it and then becomes a free agent, he can pick wherever he goes to in the NFL. And that would be uh, terribly detrimental to the bad teams (laughs) that are tanking for people like Trevor Lawrence. The other thing I I have a question about that, Ryan, and and you are – the best person to speak on this is do you think that the NFL and maybe this is what the XFL will become it'll become like the G League for the NBA or the minors for baseball do you think the NFL needs a developmental league for its professional athletes um no I I don't think that's the case but I do think that they should be able to go directly and play professionally at a high school there there shouldn't be these limitations I understand maturity level but I guarantee you right now everybody in the world last year uh, after watching Trevor Lawrence play in that national championship game all of them said he could right. be playing professional football, right? Some they're getting more mature. Some their bodies haven't developed enough, and maybe a, a league like the XFL, where they can get paid for doing it, going to a place where they don't get paid for three years, is something that the courts uh, screwed up royally when Mike Williams and Maurice Claret tried to go after them uh, in, in terms of a, a monopoly there or, or against their civil rights. That that for me was was huge and has to be remedied in the future. A lot of developmental stories here in the world of football. We'll make sure that you are in the know with everything Pac-12 and beyond. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back probably next week. Um, Keep updated on Twitter. Hit up Ryan Leaf at the Super Bowl. I don't know. Stop by the media table. See what's up with Believe. All good stuff going on here for the podcast network. But until we talk again, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy your week. Pretty crazy. The last week of January 2020 hitting us in all sorts of ways. For everybody who made our podcast possible, please rate, review, and subscribe across all listening platforms. For ESPN's Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin. Signing off. We'll talk to you soon. This has been Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.